0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Tuesday, April 25th, and Hop is so back, it hurts. I'm Jordy from Barstool, and with me, as always, we've got my good friend and yours, Dugues, on the mic. Dugues' rivalry weekend has come and gone. A lot of great results over the weekend. How are we feeling heading into what seems to be uh, pretty sure this is like the final actual regular season weekend.
1: Yeah. uh, Fast season, fast season rivalry weekend is usually when you start, you start, you start feeling more comfortable in your takes. And I think in this case for this season, as as we know, this is the point of the year where I'm like, wow, like I I couldn't have been more wrong about things that i predicted. In the beginning of the season, like even going to this weekend, we got Harvard and Yale for a chance to make the Ivy League tournament. Am I right? And I think I said yep. both those teams would be in the Final Four weekend in the preseason <laughs> episode. So, um, think this is the point of the season where your takes start takes start taking form. But um, overall, good, great, great lacrosse being played. Hop is back. Maryland in the tanker. Tillman shit the season. So there's a lot of takes to be to be had.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, let's not sell ourselves short on on takes because you and I were both we we were both pretty early on the Penn State and hop best teams in the Big Ten take I think both of us had that early April so geniuses probably experts definitely Um, I do want to mention something real quick because I feel like this is going to be a bit of a bugaboo throughout the rest of the episode as we're talking about this previous weekend that just wrapped up I've already mentioned it on the podcast before. I have no idea how to confidently say rivalry. Uh, If I I try to say it a little too quick, I just black out that that L and it just turns into rivalry. Um, So I I just wanted to get ahead of that as we continue to talk about rivalry weekend in college across. So uh, I can't wait for this weekend to fully be behind us. Obviously, we have to get through the rest of this episode of me stumbling over that word. Uh, But yeah, I mean... Let's just let's just talk about the take though, because I feel like it was probably the third, maybe episode of the season where we definitive definitively declared that Hopkins was back. Uh, they had a few sketchy moments throughout the season, little ebbs and flows, if you will. Maybe you know the loss to North Carolina, the loss to Loyola. The haters were saying, "Hop is back." not a fucking chance hop is front. Uh, But then, I mean, what they've done since uh, just going on a tear here, obviously, uh, you know, a little slip up against Virginia, a little slip up against Penn state, but that win at Maryland on Saturday uh, that declares it that hop is the team in the big 10 and they are so back. So how did you feel watching that game? Was it surprising to you?
1: This was, this was surprising to me. Not, like, Hop getting an at-large or – because, look, as much as, like, I, we play the thin line of being, like, are we joking? Are we bidding? I don't really think that we can confidently say, like – when I was saying Hop was back, I don't even think I believed to have. But I did say one thing when they first beat Georgetown. I said they had to win one of two, one of two against Virginia or Maryland, and I, I did not, like – I did not think that was going to happen. So the fact that they got two out of those three wins against Georgetown, Virginia, Maryland, hand up, I was wrong. Hop is back. I can't, like, I can't, remember time in a bit anymore. Hop, hop is back. And I, I, I got to say, like, we talk about Crowley and like, we say like, he's the next man up, but like fucking, who is it? Milliman, the head coach? Like, yeah. I'm- like for the amount of shit that we've given him and the amount of shit he's taken since like leaving Cornell, Kind of implementing the type of uh, team that he wanted, or you know, the, the he got a lot, he got a lot of heat the past couple of years. So like, just putting together a season like this, get it, beating your uh, rival in in Maryland, like good for him. Uh, can't really talk shit right now. It kind of sucks. I like talking shit about to people like that because I want to be right, but fuck, I was wrong about that.
0: Yeah, we we have talked a lot of shit towards Milliman. Um, some Not it, directly, I, just the program. Oh yeah, no, no, here's the thing though. Like if I ever saw Pete Milliman in person, I'd say like, hey coach, Cheers. like I love you. Lo- love your work. You're incredible. Like don't change anything. Um, but I mean like some of it maybe justified. Obviously, it's tough to fill the shoes of Petro. Obviously, uh, you know, when a lot of people were thinking, oh, maybe Hopkins will go after an alum like Scott Maher. Uh, but, you know, but then they come in with Milliman a little bit off the beaten path. Uh, didn't really see that one coming. He comes in. Things aren't going great the first couple years while he's there. Uh, John Grant Jr. leaves. It looks like it's a whole big mess. But yeah, then you bring in Crowley. Uh, what Hopkins has done on the defensive side of the ball as well yeah. is incredible. Like they just seem like a... They seem like a big, mean, athletic team that's gritty and is going to be able to score a bunch of sick goals with a guy like Russell Melendez, uh, but is also just going to be able to wear you down physically. So I never thought that Hopkins would be like this blue-collar team, kind of the same way when you go back and look at like the Yale team that won a national championship, right? Like when you think about Yale, you don't immediately equate them to being this blue collar, rough, gritty program. You you just think Ivy league fucking pussies, Uh, kind of the same thing with like Hopkins. You think of Baltimore pretty boys, right? You think of pastels, Argyle uh, adrenaline socks. You think about the kids with the, you know, with the, the, the flow that's coming down all over the place. And like, you don't think gritty toughness, but that's, that's what they're playing right now. I think that they fully bought in to the big 10. And I think a lot of that is, is Milliman's doing so listen is, is hot back in the sense of like, like the Kyle Harrison and Paul Rabel years where they're just going to run through teams on their way to Memorial day weekend, maybe not quite. But they are very much on the path, and yeah, it, it was a bit at the beginning of the season, just because it's fun to fuck around with Hopkins fans and and their emotions. We said that they were the Texas football of of college across. I, I don't think so anymore. Anyway. Like, I, I think that this team is is firmly back right now.
1: Credit to us. Credit to us for admitting when we're wrong. I mean, it. It also is that we, right, we were, it's half pathetic the that they were gone. It's pathetic they were gone. Like that, the, I'll spin zone. It was pathetic that they were ever gone in the first place.
0: It So yes, but also I feel like them being gone also coincided with like a lot of these, like just cooler schools getting lacrosse programs. So like maybe that, maybe they lost some, um, you know, or, or just like, again, like Penn state is like a fucking sweet school to go to. If you want to go and have a good time. I don't know how many people are going to Hopkins being like, yo, this place is sick. Like you gotta fucking, you gotta come here for a weekend. Like it's awesome. No, probably not. So um, I don't know. I think you can go to a lot different schools and have a better time. And like the only reason to go to Hopkins before was like, they were just dick kicking teams and they were winning national championships left and right. Then once that kind of goes away, you're like, like, what am I doing here with a bunch of nerds where like everybody else at the schools, D three, no offense. I was D three by choice, love D three. But you know, if you're one of the best lacrosse players in the country and you're hanging out with a bunch of nerds who like can barely throw a spiral playing D three football, you're like, well, fuck, like, let me go transfer somewhere else. Pretty sweet. uh, Like a UNC or like a Virginia or like a Notre Dame. So yeah, I think changing landscape of, of the programs definitely has hurt Hopkins and now they're at a point where, like, you're probably bringing in kids who want to bring Hopkins back, and now they have that, it.
1: That's that's a good take. And I was actually just thinking of some selling points for Hopkins because you know someone has to play devil's advocate here. It it would be kind of cool because I forgot about like the D three factor. They're the only D one team. It would be kind of cool to just be like, yeah, with we're the we're, like, we're the men on campus like, there, there's no like football. Like the football team's D three. Like you're D one. You you got the band. You got everything. Like that's like. <clears throat> That's a pretty. De- that's a pretty sick gig. Yeah, if feel I feel like like you you only it. college I can it. say that.
0: You've got to be the alphas of the campus, especially being in Baltimore too. Like you're you're drawing a massive yep. crowd. So, yep. um, so, uh, but yeah. So Hopkins is back. Do we want to talk about this now about where Maryland is Uh, because Maryland is in a tricky spot. We could continue talking about some other games from the weekend before we really dive deep into Maryland.
1: I'll talk Maryland.
0: You all right. So I I might, I'm going to have to stretch out here uh, and, and the listeners might need to buckle in, but right now, I'll be honest, Maryland finds themselves in a really weird spot. So, uh, you know, the the latest rankings came out, uh, and I believe they have Maryland at, what, 7th? I want to say that they're 7th in the poll. But right now, they're not a top-two team in the Big Ten. So, uh, you know, this loss to Hopkins puts them down at 3rd in the big 10. So they are now going to have to play in the first round of the big 10 tournament. I believe that they have Rutgers coming up this weekend. I want to say that that's, that's how the seating shook out. Um, So, I mean, they already, they already took care of Rutgers, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, but I don't like, I'm, I'm starting to think that Maryland, I'm starting to think that right now, They have a must win game coming up this weekend in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. I do think that they will win it, but the fact that this game against Rutgers in the first round of the Big Ten tournament might be a must win game for Maryland, considering where we were at just 12 months ago, right? Like, Maryland didn't have a must win game last year until Memorial Day weekend. Like, all of them were just a given for Maryland that they were going to win last year. And right now, I I really do think that they have a must-win game coming up on April 29th, a full month before Memorial Day weekend because you lose this game to Rutgers. You've already have the Loyola loss. You already have a Michigan loss. You already have a Hopkins loss. You lose to Rutgers. I don't know how you put Maryland in the tournament.
1: See, I disagree with that. I think that the Michigan loss isn't that bad. I think that the Big Ten could get four teams in. I will I think I there's going to be there's that there, there, that's where the that's the more that's the debate that I would kind of would I kind of want to save I would guess in the sense for the next episode so we can reload, reload get 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 the info that we need down and like really come with a settled debate but I mean th- that's the debate right there which conference gets four teams because if if it's the Big 10 I think obviously Maryland's safe but then on the other hand it's like you can't it, when are we going to start? You know, you know, it's nice that it, it is April 24th recording on Monday night, releasing on Tuesday, April 25th. And we have not talked about the RPI once.
0: No. And, and I, my promise to you as the listeners is that I will never talk about the RPI. I know that Dugues likes the algorithms. I know that Dugues is a big computer guy and, and he likes all the numbers and shit like that. So Dugues might bring up the RPI at some point. I promise you that I will never in a million years bring it up myself. Um <clears throat> Listen, I, I agree that in the sense that like Michigan might just be the best six and six team we've ever seen, which is funny because last year, I think at one point I said that they were the absolute worst seven and O team we've ever seen. And so, so I mean, last year they just loaded up the front half of their, of their schedule with a bunch of cupcakes and they went seven and no and they were absolute dog shit and frauds. And they got You know, they got exposed in the second half of the season right now. I mean, they are a great six and six team. You look at at some of their wins, Um, a win against a really scrappy Delaware team who I think uh, not really a hot take since what they did last year. But I I do think that this Delaware team could go into the tournament and upset a team. Um, They've got the win against Harvard, which. Doesn't look fantastic, but it's still a really good win for Michigan. They've got the win against Maryland, which is huge, especially because that was Maryland senior day. Uh, So, I mean, just a game where Maryland thought that they were going to walk in, give a nice little ceremony to their seniors, get out of there with an easy dub. Michigan said, fuck that. We take it. We win. Um, And then this past week, a a good win against Ohio State. So Michigan is really solid. No doubt about it. Best six and 16 we've ever seen. I still am not sold on the fact that they are a tournament team. So it, it's is it an awful wit loss on Maryland's resume? Is it like the worst loss ever? No, probably not. And I'd also say that the Loyola loss is a worst loss on their resume, but it's still a loss to a team that's probably, when it's all said and done, I, I just, unless they go on a little bit of a uh, run here in the Big Ten tournament, I don't see them being a tournament team. So, I mean, Maryland has that loss, to Michigan, and then they have the loss to Loyola, where unless Loyola wins the Patriot League, I don't see them as a tournament team either. And then if they lose to Rutgers, Rutgers also not a tournament team. So that would be three losses to non-tournament teams. That's why I'm saying that this is a must-win game for Maryland because they already have some some rough losses on their resume.
1: I'm not ready to call it a must-win, but it would be a a nice win. It would be like, oh, I feel like I'm in. I think that if they win, they're in. I'm not going to call it a must-win them
0: though. Uh, I would I would agree with that. I think you make the Big Ten. You make the Big Ten. You feel semifinal. way comfortable.
1: You feel way you make the Big Ten
0: semifinal. It, it's it's a, it makes it so much easier to just throw Maryland in there, regardless of how their semifinal game goes. It, it does make it so much easier. I just think if you lose in the first round, though, how how can you put a team? Now, I I get. Last year with the Ivies, you had teams that didn't even make their conference tournament make it into the NCAA tournament. But, like, I just don't know how you put a team that doesn't win a game in their first round of their conference tournament into the NCAA tournament. So,
1: I don't know. I, I just – I'm, I'm, I'm calling it a must win. They're, they're seventh in RPI. Hopkins is four, so that's a – Motherfucker, we, we, we loved
0: how long into this we, we went without talking about RPI.
1: Well, then, then, then we're talking tournaments and we're talking seedings and we're talking, like, we're, I have to put my head inside the fucking head of a bitch and her name's Donna, and I have to see what, what she's going to be thinking for the next two weeks. What she's going to be thinking is <laughs> Maryland lost to the number four RPI team in the country. So what? You got lost to Hopkins is number four. Michigan's prob- Michigan is 19th, so they're on the outside looking in. Notre Dame, who's like, what, two? Notre Dame, who's two. So yeah, I mean, series. listen, the
0: Notre Dame loss was good. The The Virginia win was good. Like, I, I'm not saying yeah. that Maryland's a bad team. I'm just saying that they've put themselves in a, in a dicey situation, which is wild considering what we saw last year. And you want to know who's to blame for that? Donna. Well, Donna, a little bit, probably Donna's to blame for the root of all evil, but also John Tillman. I mean, come on, man. Is it not abundantly clear at this point how hard he screwed the season with his antics? I mean, dude, think about like, all right. So think about if John Tillman wasn't a jackass this year, like think about the spot that Maryland would be in right now. Like, like, yeah, they, they may have won the national championship last year, but like they don't look like a serious threat to contend this year. I think that they, if they get into the tournament, yeah, sure. They'll get to the quarterfinal, but like they don't really scream national championship contender to me at the moment. And so that puts Maryland at a really good spot where they now have a little bit of fuel for themselves, right? They're, they're being counted out. They're underdogs, like they're reigning champs, but they, they are underdogs. And like, Maybe a team could kind of sleep on Maryland a little bit. You might not sleep on Maryland just because they are the reigning champs, but at the very least, you might not respect their greatness because you're like, this ain't the same Maryland team. And that puts Maryland in a really good spot where they can pounce. No one's going to be sleeping on Maryland anymore because of what John told me. Like every team in America right now has – all the reason in the world to hate Maryland. And it's because they call stick checks on face-off guys. It's because they, they bitch about teams wearing mismatched gloves. So John Tillman's and like Maryland could have been kind of slipping under the radar, ready to get prime for another run to Memorial day weekend. Instead, every single team has, they see Maryland on the schedule. They say, fuck that. We are going to pummel these teams because They're jackasses. Their antics are absurd, and we need to put them in their place. That's what Hopkins did last week. That's what Michigan did to them on senior day.
1: So I'll say this Ohio State, if they didn't pull, if Tillman didn't pull out that move, they'd be out of the tournament right now.
0: Hmm. So, okay, maybe, like, maybe, maybe. Wait, it's but, a also, big maybe. but maybe. also, yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's a massive maybe because it's not like, 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 like I said,
1: but like I said, dur- during the glove debate that, okay, if there was, cause again, we, we said it going into that episode, how people were saying on Twitter, like, should Maryland be in that, to- be in the tournament, then they beat Ohio state. Then they're like kind of safely in for the time being, if they lose that game. We're having a different conversation right now.
0: But if they if they lose that game, maybe maybe they have a little bit more fuel heading into this weekend because they know that they need to keep winning and they beat Hopkins and then that kind of cancels out.
1: Yeah, I don't think it cancels out though. I think I, I think that the Hopkins loss is a lot better than the Ohio State loss. Well for tournaments. I don't know.
0: I'm I'm just I'm I'm looking for every every opportunity I have to just dig and I dig know and dig I know John, wait timeout time right now.
1: Time out. Why am I a Maryland guy now?
0: You, you've you've been a bit well, you're a Tillman guy. I, I don't know why. I think I think, you, I think that's it. You, Dude, here's I the thing though, because Til- well, because Tillman probably reminds you a little bit of Belichick in yeah. in like in, in the sense of his antics. Um and I mean oh, he's also God. had the success. So like I, I wouldn't call him the Belichick of lacrosse just because he doesn't have as many championships, but there's a lot of Belichick to be had in him, and I think that that's why you, why you love him so much, and why you want to give John Tillman a nice little smooch. Um, but at the end of the day, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't see I them do. losing. I
1: fucking love the guy. I love, <laughs> and you know what? You know what it is? Is I think that when like I talk to you and like like I'll go into it and I'll be like I feel pretty neutral about this, but then I see how passionate you are hating him. I'm like like I, like. I love when people hate someone. Like I love how like he's successful and fucking people hate him now. Like I love how he's got that Belichick like, like this like Spygate, def- Deflate Gate, and how Belichick would get these gates and then just win. Like if Tillman won after Glovegate, I, I'd be a Terp for life. I'd be a Turp for life. That's a promise. If they win the championship this year, Terp for life.
0: It it would be very Belichickian of him, um, but yeah. At the end of the day, though, I don't see them losing that game to Rutgers, and that's because Rutgers, what a bunch of fucking assholes, man. I beginning of this, well, not the beginning of the season, but halfway through the season, I I wanted to be a Rutgers guy this year. This was the First year that I ever truly wanted to believe in this team. I never had before. Year after year after year, I discount Rutgers. I don't believe in them. And this was the year that I said to myself, you know what? Got burned by Rutgers last year. Let me go ahead and and believe in these guys. Let me be a scarlet knight in my heart. Uh, and I said, you know, probably like about exactly a month ago at this point, right? Rutgers, they were seven and one. And their only loss was a one-goal loss to Army, and I think that that was a respect-to-troops loss. I don't think that they wanted to beat the troops in that one. So they lost to the troops by one, and they were 7-1. and And I said, heading into the Ohio State game, I said, listen, as long as Rutgers goes to Ohio State and they take care of business in this game, I'm all in on Rutgers. I believe on these fuckers. What have they done since? They've lost four out of five games. They lose to Ohio State. They lose to Hopkins. They get a win against Michigan, which looks pretty good now. They lose to Maryland, and they get fucking trounced by Penn State. So, Rutgers, four losses in their last five games, and now they play against Maryland uh, in the, but I guess is, yeah, the big the first round of the Big Ten tournament. So, uh, I mean, to start off 7-1 and one and end up 8-5, and five, way out on Rutgers at the moment.
1: Yeah, um, I I'm out in Rutgers as well. After I called Brian Brecht a top five coach, if like I think, well, what week was that? Where I said <laughs> top five coach if he what makes if he makes the final four again. I think since I, I said think, that,
0: I think that it was probably the same week that I was saying that they all they have to do is just go and take care of Ohio State. And then, yeah,
1: no, a, a thousand percent. And this is like the classic Duke's mush is they then they go four or five. So sorry, Brian Brecht, Hall of Fame no more.
0: Yeah, well, great win for Penn State. Uh, they get a share, or do I? I do they share the the Big Ten regular season championship? Or yeah, I, I want to say that they share it with uh with Hopkins. But either way, uh, what a turnaround for Penn State. Uh, I I was ready to call them dead as a program at the beginning of the year, uh, but they have rebounded tremendously after a very down year in 2022, nine and three, uh, you know, and and just really buzzing through the big 10 after a close loss to Maryland. And yeah, I mean, I get that I'm down on Maryland at the moment, but still Maryland Still, cream of the crop in the Big Ten. So, a tight loss to Maryland uh, a month ago, and then have just run through Ohio State, Hopkins, Michigan, and Rutgers. So, Penn State looking pretty good heading into the Big Ten tournament. Uh, Big Ten does look really solid. I, I will give you that. But so does the ACC. And yeah, uh, yeah. No, I mean,
1: obviously, the ACC is a wagon. But you know, one want another team I just wanna I wanna touch on because I don't know if we'll get there today. And I just want to ask you very quickly, a uh, new segment called uh uh fraud or not, Utah. You buying them or what? You think they're like because I've seen like Dan Arestio tweeting about how like they scored more goals than anybody else in the country. They're in the A son. they're not getting like that much attention. Do you really believe them? Believe in them?
0: Um, no. <laughs> no, I, I I don't. I th- I think that So I think that here's the thing when I'm looking at wins and I, and I'm saying like, what's a good win? What's a bad win? Like, like in my mind, I'm strictly thinking about like, who's going to be their Memorial day weekend. So um, is, is that fair to Utah to kind of hold them to that standard? Probably not. Like they, they're not going to be a Memorial day weekend team. So um, are they frauds in the sense of like championship contenders? Sure. Uh, but I, I think that Utah is doing great for where they should be at the moment. So, I mean, just looking okay. at their losses right now, like they they got crushed by Denver to start the season, a loss to Vermont, lost to Hopkins, lost to Rutgers. Uh, and then they don't really have any good wins, right? Like it, it's just a bunch of Ason wins, and the Aeson is it it is what it is, um, so it's not like they have any great wins. I do like their win against Marquette because Marquette's one of those teams that has sneakily just been uh, upsetting a lot of the teams this year. Um, but yeah, so I'm not like crazy about the teams that they've beat, but they're they're still like for where Utah should be. They're they're winning those games. And for where Utah should be, like they're just they're losing the games that they probably should end up losing. So I don't see them being a team that goes like I, I honestly don't even think that they win a tournament game. So, but but I think that Utah is doing well as a program in their trajectory. But just like this year, if we're talking about national championship contenders, I'll go ahead and say fraud. But I feel really bad about it. Like, I don't want to call Utah frauds, but it's just like in the sense of can they win a championship? Then yes,
1: they will not win a championship, but they will win a game depending on the matchup,
0: depending on the matchup. Yeah. But like how many, how many upsets can there possibly be? And I already have Delaware winning one of them.
1: I'll see how the tournament shakes out. You need, an, you need to no know seating because if you play, if they're playing like Duke or one of the teams, I say is going to make the final four, then I'm going to say they're going to lose. Yeah, especially because if especially because if they don't
0: make the finals, then you have to do a a goalie challenge without a couple. And just wanted to make sure that we're not forgetting about that.
1: Yeah, my balls are on the line, so I can't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Uh,
0: But yeah, ACC still very much a wagon, still holding on to those top three spots in the rankings with uh, Notre Dame. Uh, Duke and Virginia, and all three of those teams, I believe, picking up a uh, a, a win this past weekend. Um, Notre Dame coming out of a, I mean, I guess you can call it a bye week for them, um, as as Notre Dame is one to do with just having random weeks off here and there. But coming out of the gates after a bye and just pounding UNC. Uh, UNC still ranked, which like I, I get it. Like there aren't, you know, twenty teams in the country better than UNC, but it's just three straight losses for them, um, and that's following three wins that like none of them are particularly that good. So yeah, uh, it's been a, it's been a rough skid for about the past month and a half for UNC, uh, but they're hanging on by a thread there in the top twenty. Uh, Do the Virginia Syracuse game first of all. Let's, let's put an end to the, uh, to the old school bucket decals on, on helmets. Uh, you know, when, when Hopkins did it the first time, it was cool. Virginia looked terrible in, in those helmets, but they played great. Uh, went out and and spanked Syracuse. Uh, although I will say Syracuse did end up scoring the goal of the weekend, potentially the goal of the season uh, with Alex Simmons. Absolute sick, 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 bastard uh as only a canadian can do he went one hand which was in his offhand mind you uh behind the back under the feet back of the net sick stuff dukes i don't know if you have this one pulled up or not but if not yeah but everyone's everyone's seen it it's been all over tln i blogged about it on BarstoolSports.com. maybe you guys can go and, and, and give that a quick click click it. You don't even have to read it. Just give me those clicks, baby. Trying to get up in the blogger rankings. But either way, Virginia coming out with a big win uh, against Syracuse. Um, So, I mean, those top three teams all look really solid. All look like they are very much contenders uh, for Memorial Day weekend. And yeah, Duke ended up having the week off. So they didn't do anything.
1: I also really liked the Virginia decals, by the way. I don't know if I'm the only person that it, you, but I love, I love, you want to know what I really like. I
0: really like the, the Brown gloves were a great touch. And again, like Hopkins had done that with their original setup, but I don't think like we just had the technology to get that color Brown onto gloves. Like they looked a little bit more golden when Hopkins did it. Like the Brown gloves did look really good for Virginia. Um, the uniform setup itself was was pretty nice, pretty classic, pretty cl- crisp and clean. Um, I don't know. I just thought that the decals—we've already seen it before. So like the the unique factor of it wore off, and then like you know it's, it's like Step Brothers, like wearing the tuxedo to the to the job interview. Like now now the decals just seem a little fucked up. But that's personal preference.
1: No, it is, and it's crazy because they're my favorite uniforms I've seen in quite some time. And I didn't really want to scream it from the mountaintop because I didn't really want to like deal with people.
0: The uniform was nice. I, I'm just not crazy about the helmet.
1: Um, all right, here's the uh, here's the Alex Simmons goal.
0: I don't think you could just blame it on the face-offs. I thought Rachusa Whoa. Oh, Are you Simmons. kidding me? Behind his ankles with his off hand. To do that with your strong hand is one thing. To do that with your offhand is just like out of this world craziness. That's the sickest goal I've seen all season.
1: I have a take. Yeah, I think I mean- it's fucking bullshit. I think it's bullshit that Clark could call that the goal of the year. Look, talk about talk about doing it against a backup tendy that should have had that one. I mean, Jesus Christ, we're gonna call it the goal of the year.
0: Well, it 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 did end up getting. It, it looked like it got deflected off of a, a stick, and I'm and I'm guessing that it must have been a uh, a Virginia defender stick. That way, that the goal still was awarded to Alex Simmons. Um, I, was, I I agree with the call. It was fucking nasty. Uh, dude, I I know that you have a um a good a good pick for this coming up a little bit later, but I do think I would have to give Alex Simmons my shark talk weight room of the week just because to do that one-handed in your offhand is absurd like think about how much strength how much wrist strength you need to have to be able to pull that one off um yeah i don't know what alex simmons is doing at night to to build up that left hand i I, I
1: knew it i know yeah yeah, multiple sessions going on there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he might just have to, or or maybe it's just the fact that he's Canadian. But either way, um, absolutely sickle, absolute monster. But at the end of the day, who gives a shit because Syracuse ends up losing to Virginia. Uh, yeah, Virginia, Notre Dame, and Duke. Definitely the top dogs- in the ACC, definitely the top dogs in the country, but the ACC in general, uh, wagon of a conference always has been, always will be, and it is a goddamn sham, uh, that they got so much disrespect last season,
1: yeah, yeah. And I, uh, I mean, it, it, like, I think Q's slowly is becoming the uh, is, is, is on the right track, and I think that next year we'll be talking. Yeah, not that I'm well, – i really said they were gone because they were undefeated before COVID, but uh, obviously with everything that's happened over the past couple of years, I think that they're going to have a Hopkins bounce back kind of like next year, just a year away, really solidifying that. But, uh, yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah, all all it took was Gary Gate getting rid of the suit. Uh, I believe that we were the first ones to tell him to do we that. So, Gary, you can thank us later. Um, so, yeah, so there's the ACC. Uh, real quick, the, IVs. Ivies. So I don't think we got any, um, we, we didn't get any results that were shocking at all in the, in the Ivy last week. It was pretty much par for the course. Uh, Yale had Albany. They, they took care of business there, but, uh, Cornell taking down Brown. Penn taking down Dartmouth and Princeton taking down Harvard. I think we see those three teams clearly separating themselves from the rest of the Ivy. Uh, And then it'll come down to, which we'll talk about in the episode coming up later this week uh, with the weekend preview, but it will come down to Harvard or Yale when they play this weekend as to who will be the fourth team in the Ivy league tournament. Um, And I, I just think, Obviously history has shown us that you don't need to make the Ivy League tournament in order to make the NCAA tournament, but I do think that it's drastically different this year. So, you lose that game for all intents and purposes your season's over. Uh, but yeah, I I I really think that Cornell, Princeton and Penn uh have clearly separated themselves in that conference.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it's I think I think Cornell clears Clears everybody. I love watching them play. They're, they're one of my. I think they – I'm making the argument they're probably behind Notre Dame for my favorite team to watch right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, just give the ball to CJ Curse. You know that good things are going to happen. Billy Coyle having a great season. And then, obviously, Gavin Adler, absolute stud, uh, should be a great pro in the PLL coming up this summer. Uh, anything else from, from this weekend stand out to you as, as far as results go? Um, you know, Delaware locks up the CAA with a, with a good win over Drexel. So they went six and zero in the conference, they'll host that tournament. Um, I, I already mentioned this, but really like this Delaware team, they don't have any wins that like, just stand out to you. Uh, most of their wins coming against I don't know, quote unquote trash. Uh, but but I do like this Delaware team. I love Ty Kurtz, love Mike Robinson. Uh Owen Grant, obviously uh a fucking force to be reckoned with. So I'm big on, on Delaware heading into the month of May.
1: Yeah, I mean they're they're a good program. They got a good coach. Um, I think Owen Grant's a beach. Ty Kurtz is amazing. Um, I mean, I Delaware Del, Del is a fun team to watch. I mean, again, I think I think it really does come down to how, who these teams draw. I feel like last year there was a lot of favorable matchups for first-round upsets. Where this year, it's how many will there really be? Um,
0: Actually, okay. So here, here's a quick segment. Um, off the top of your head, who should who do you think is a tournament team? Uh, probably a seeded team that would be on upset alert.
1: It's a great question.
0: Like, what team do you think that Delaware could potentially draw and beat? Hopkins.
1: I like that. Hopkins, I think.
0: Uh, what if what if we got Delaware Georgetown again? That would be electric. I
1: actually think Georgetown. I think Georgetown's back. Is that crazy? Tucker,
0: Dord- Tucker Dordovic, G lacks Jesus Christ. Has he risen from the dead?
1: I think. I think Georgetown's kind of back. I- I mean, nine straight
0: wins after starting the year zero and three. You had you had Dukes
1: opposite of last year. It's a lot opposite of last year. So all
0: right. So let's rattle off these nine wins that they've had since uh, starting off the year zero and three, and had. Just dudes all up in their mitt, uh, calling for Tucker Dordovic to basically retire from the cross. Uh, but wins against Princeton, Richmond, High Point, Lehigh, Denver, Providence, Marquette, Loyola, and Saint John. So um, obviously, you play who you play. So some of those Big East games, not not great, but either way, it's all about at this point of the season, it's all about TCOB taking care of business, uh, and Georgetown has been doing that. Um, I mean. You just look at the past two wins, right? Like teams that they need to take care of, and they left no doubt about it. They fucking crushed Loyola at Loyola. Um, They crushed St. John's. Uh, Yeah, I mean, a tight win against Marquette. Dude, I've mentioned Marquette a couple times so far uh, in this. They might be the best six and seven team. (laughs) <laughs> that there ever was in college across. I mean, do they have wins against Michigan? A win against Penn State? Um, you know, a couple, couple tight games here, like a tight loss to Georgetown, a tight loss to Villanova. Um, they're a really good six and seventeen, and I, I do like Marquette. So I think that that's a good win for Georgetown because Marquette, big, big upset team this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And but this uh, all started I, I,
0: about talking about Georgetown being back. So, Dukes, you're the first one on that. Uh, so, this is. I, I think Dukes I'm the first one. Georgetown back.
1: I, I would, I, yeah, like I called Georgetown the Jesus Christ of the cross. Like, like you said, like we we're saying, saying Tucker Dordovic, No, just Georgetown in general. Like I said, I declared them dead three weeks in and what, four four months later, risen or some shit like that. Whatever the Bible says that. And that, that's what Georgetown lacrosse is. Like, I think they can sneaky make it wrong
0: i love it lax jesus down in georgetown um yeah patriot league uh army taking down navy uh not exactly surprising but uh good to see that army is doing what they need to do in the patriot like i just love when teams and this is basically like the anti-jacksonville like when teams Just take advantage of their conference schedule. They win all the games that they need to win. Uh, They might have a a couple tough losses in in the mix somewhere, but I mean, Army's losses right now, I'd like, yeah, they lost to UMass to open up the season, but that's a, a game in February 11th. So who gives a shit about that? And then a tight loss to Cornell. Like the rest of the way, they've taken care of everybody that they need to take care of. No other blemishes on the uh, on the schedule. Like again, like you look at what Jacksonville does, and they do this. They're they're the new high point to me. Where start off the year, you get that win over Duke, and it's like, listen, all you got to do is just win all the rest of the games that you're supposed to win. And they they lose the Air Force last week. So like Jacksonville, see you later. Um, But yeah, Army. Army doing everything that they need to do. The troops, beware of the troops. Ten and two, uh, best team in the Patriot League, and I see them probably. Yeah, I want to. Uh, no, I, I just want to say that they walk through the Patriot League tournament.
1: Okay, okay, because I, I thought you were going to say what I was when I was thinking you were going to say, which is exactly what I was thinking. Which you go ten and two, um, probably. Get upset in, in the first round. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting them on fraud alert too. The troops. Yes. The, no, 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 no not, not the troops, not the troops, <laughs> not, the, not, the, not the, just the troops. So noted, not a troop
0: hater, noted troop hater, uh, Duke. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a Xavier Arline guy. Look, Duke's, what, is what an, Duke's is Antifa. When you when you when you beat a team when you beat a team by five goals and Xavier Arline's on Twitter for highlights more, who's really the winner? I guess. That's a spin zone. It it
0: is a spin zone, but like then that's like, well, the like
1: also I, I know, bought I into like Army that, last year. A- I bought into Army last year. I call them like I thought last year's team was the best. Troops team that we've seen in years. And as soon as I said that, I fucking lost in the Patriot League. I want to say like semis and didn't make the tournament.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I, can't I mean, buy into them
1: again. Not two years. You right.
0: have to wonder: is is Army better off without Brendan Nickturn?
1: Yeah. Oh, you know what? I can't wait talking about Brendan Nickturn. Is we're also getting into you know not just like College Across season and all this. We're also getting into mock draft season. Mm. For the PS. Yeah, a lot, so a lot got- of lot carks. Carks big board. The big boards. Yeah. Um the game translates well. What the fuck does that mean? What does what does it mean his game translates well? He's a good shooter in college and pros. Um kinda I, I, yeah. And then and then there's like a Twitter account with like a thousand people making big boards for four rounds of across. Love it. I, I live for this shit. I'll make mine. You gonna put one out this yeah. year?
0: Yeah, I'm just going to draft every single face off senior.
1: Well, a wow, lot. They're going to be on the face off, anyways.
0: Yeah, get, like, get like, them one like last like run. A, give,
1: give, yeah,
0: give, them one, give them one more summer to just get after it.
1: <laughs> that's like drafting a dinosaur 6,000 years ago. Yeah. And then get the. F- <laughs> Dude, there's going to be like a little like exhibit in the Bronx Zoo, and it's going to be like Jerry Raganese, Greg Granley, and. Just like- <laughs> Like the kids are going to be like, who is this kid You don't want another you used to only face yeah. off on the cross.
0: <laughs> they, they used to roam this earth. Be like, what the they used to uh, win
1: lacrosse games for the team. Be the best players. Most important pieces.
0: Mm. Um. All right. Well, yeah, that is uh pretty much everything that happened during rivalry weekend in college across. Uh, we, we've got some segments to get into. Uh, why, why don't we just jump ahead and go into, because we already mentioned a little bit, but let's do our shark chalk weight room of the week. Uh, this is brought to us obviously by shark chalk for everyone who goes to the gym. Listen, summer's right around the corner, boys and girls. We got to get those beach bods in shape. We got to get it going now. The best way to get that body in shape is a lot of explosive workouts. Something like, you know, like like a hang clean uh, or or anything else that you're going to need a little extra grip in the gym for. You're gonna go ahead and grab yourself some shark chalk. It is a new. Liquid form of gym chalk. Uh, so back in the olden days, you grab some regular chalk. Look at that, Duke's got it right now. Probably about to head out. You know, we're recording this. It's 11:13 at night. I bet the Dukes is about to go get a couple reps in right now. Uh, but you know, back in the olden days, you used to have to just get regular gym chalk. It used to be a mess. It used to get all over the place. Uh, used to look like a jackass. But shark chalk is a liquid form. It's a little bit more discreet. It's going to give you better grip. Uh, it's going to clean up a little easier. So it. It is the way to go if you are going to be getting after it. So make sure to head over to sharkchalk.com. Put in promo code LAX20 for 20% off of your next order. Uh, Dugues, your Shark Chalk weight room of the week.
1: Look, there's one right answer. Uh, I'm always right. But when there's one right answer, and then there's like 70 piles of shit, and then the next possible answer. And it's not surprisingly, the captain of Stanford football, who now plays for Virginia lacrosse, Botch his name every week. Not going to start, not going to stop now. Ricky Miaison. I think that was it. That, I don't, you got that. No, well, well, that's the wrong one.
0: Mark lost it. Now he gets it back. Syracuse has got to get it past the midfield line at the 62nd mark. And that man, the football player, the linebacker from Stanford, who transferred in the offseason. Ricky Miaison lays the lumber.
1: We were talking about Hopkins kids. From the Baltimore PA, like the Baltimore area, just like going one to play lacrosse. Could you imagine being a kid growing up playing lacrosse, being like, oh, like, just like being happier, D1, like, just in good shape, being able to be in better shape than your friends that are like drunk in fraternities at Penn State, and you have to go against a fucking division, division one football player, in, like in Ricky Miaison. And how about those fucking teams that have to go against Dante Trader and Ricky Miaison, and you're just like, I could just die at any point, like, there's being like, like Brett McCarr. Who's fucking like huge on Maryland, like a fucking man child, and then there's being Ricky Miaison and Dante Trader. Like Dante Trader could go to the NFL. And he's going against kids from like Boys Latin. So just like shout out to Ricky Miazon, just fucking decleating kids and giving 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 this kid a story to tell his kids.
0: Dude, de- de-cleating and dehelmeting kids. I mean Dude, the, the bucket the bucket pop on that helmet was vicious. Um, I mean it l- keeps listen, happening boys, to them, like, it keeps happening to Syracuse.
1: It happened to UNC too.
0: Listen, I mean, if you've got a game against Virginia coming up on your schedule, maybe do yourself a favor and throughout practice that week, just keep adjusting your chin straps. Get that nice and tight because there's a chance that if you're coming over the middle of the field on a, on a clear and Ricky Miazon is coming at you with a full head of steam, he is going to obliterate you. That helmet's going to go flying everywhere. It's going to be a great highlight for TLN. Uh, yeah, Ricky Miazon, stallion, uh Definitely. I mean, dude, just like imagine imagine it, it's it got to be like a like when you're warming up in baseball and you put the donut on your bat and then yeah. you get to actually like like the guys that he was hitting playing Pac-12 football and now being able to come out and just hit a kid that plays Syracuse lacrosse like that's got to feel like like nothing to him. So, uh, yeah, bad, bad man. Definitely worthy of the shark chalk of the week.
1: Do you know what his trick is too? I, I'm sure you know, is he actually, I've uh, been DMing Ricky and he's like, Hey, how do I get strong like you in the gym? Because he's like, I saw the soft 75. How do I get so jacked? And I was like, Look, Ricky, use promo code LAX20, go to sharkchalk.com, get yourself this in pink or white. And look, I'm not saying that I'm the reason that Ricky Miazon was our shark chalk hit of the week, but weight room of the week. But the guy knows his secrets. And I'm, I'm even hearing that he's putting it underneath his gloves now. Tillman's looking into another glove
0: gate, So it's a, it's a huge fucking thing. Uh, Dukes is the number one strength and conditioning coach in college across at the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, that hit was so good that I know I already half gave my shark talk weight room of the week to, uh, to Alex Simmons for that goal earlier, but I'm just going to go ahead and double up on your pick. Ricky Miazon is the unanimous, uh, weight room of the week this year uh, let's go to uh, let, let's do a little mid-major major performance because I feel like we're almost done talking about mid majors for the year uh, we're going to see them probably like once in, in the tournament um, so we, we don't have a lot more time left with mid majors uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give mine to the Manhattan Jaspers dude the, the Jasper, I think that they might just be America's team. You look at, you know, they were a tournament team last year. A lot of guys fell in love with Manhattan. Uh, and I'm falling in love with them again right now because in the year 2023, with the shot clock, um, you know, with, with just the, the pace of play and, and the way that offense is played today, uh, the fact that they held Wagner to just two goals throughout an entire lacrosse game, uh, is absolutely astounding. Uh, Joseph Persico in net for Manhattan. Uh, w- w- he, had, he had eight saves on, on the day, so it's not like he saw a ton of rubber, but still made a ton of saves uh, in, in the process. But yeah, I mean, that defense for Manhattan, uh, just putting the clamps on Wagner, so holding Wagner two goals in a six to two uh, game. I mean, dude, six, six to two. Do you think that that's got to be the lowest total that we've seen in college lacrosse over the past five
1: years since the shot clock was in? Right, got to be right. Eight, yeah. Eight total I, I, goals. I think I think that's it has to be unless there was like some snowstorm.
0: Like here's the thing, like. If, if Wagner had won that game, like say that, that was like a 7 6 game, like I'd almost be saying, I'd almost give my mid major, major performance to, to Wagner's defense for holding Manhattan to just six goals. Like even that's crazy. Uh, but for Manhattan to hold uh, Wagner to two, they are worthy of the mid major, major performance of the week, at least for me. Uh, and they are currently leading the MAC. They'll probably win the MAC and hopefully be another
1: tournament team again this year. My mid-major, major performance of the week. Every division through lacrosse player. Um, I think that uh, the D3 guys, they don't get enough shine, but I think this is the time of the year where we start seeing, like, less blowouts between the teams. We start seeing the NESCAC tournaments. Um, just just in, in general, D3 gets a little bit more shine. Uh, I saw Williams Williams and Wesleyan played this weekend, what caught a little bit of that game. Um Great Great lacrosse reminded me that there's more more to lacrosse than just Division one and the PLL. so shout out to all the d3 players out there.
0: Wow, what a guy. What a guy. I also love around like this every once in a while we we didn't get it this year, but every once in a while you'll get like the random uh like Salisbury attackman who ends up on the uh, toton finalist nominee list. Yeah. um so so that's always a great thing to see around this time of year. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, I hate D3 lacrosse at the moment just because my, our sinus bears have just been getting fucking pumped the last few weeks. So, uh, not a great season for our sinus. So I'm, I'm trying to forget that it exists. Uh, but yeah, shout out to all the D3 guys, D3 by choice. Anything else before we wrap this thing up? Obviously we'll have another episode coming up later this week. That'll be previewing all the games this weekend. Uh, So anything that we miss right now, we might be able to just roll into that next episode, but any, anything before we leave uh, 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 news that came out the today, uh, the PLL all-star game will be held in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I was, I initially said that that sucks. Uh, on on Twitter, but have since been receiving pretty much the entire Louisville tourism board uh, yeah. in my in my mentions, just telling me about how great of a town Louisville is. So I'm willing to give Louisville the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I still don't think that, you know, if, if if I were one of the best players in the PLL, I'd, I don't know if I'd want to spend a weekend there in the summer when I could just have the weekend off. Uh, but I've had enough people telling me in my mentions that I'm a fucking asshole and that Louisville is actually a really sweet place. Uh, so I'm, will, I'm willing to have an open mind to Louisville at the moment.
1: It's pretty sick. I, I like Louisville. I don't think that it's somewhere. I'd rather be in Mountain Talk or somewhere for a free weekend. I agree with you on that. I think that it's a weekend they should consider going to. Like, But I don't know. I think it's definitely a weird place to do the all-star game. I don't know if they're trying to get like that's, like that's that Cincinnati draw down because like i know cincinnati kind of has uh some some lacrosse schools down there and i know the whole point of this is to grow the game so look if 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 a price that we have to pay is to go to louisville kentucky as like lacrosse fans to support they'll have my support Um, but if they don't grow the game because of it i'll I'll be saying it's a stupid move but if the game is grown
0: do you want to do you want to know the best way that you could possibly grow the game of
1: lacrosse going to long island again
0: Well, that, but also if you smash the subscribe button on YouTube to the crease dives channel, if you follow us on social on Twitter and Instagram at the crease dive, if you check us out on TikTok at stool crease dive there. So, uh, yeah, make sure you guys are subscribed, like comment, all, all, all that nonsense. It helps us get eyes on the page. Uh, follow us on social, follow Dukes at, at Dukes on, on twitter um jordy barstool there follow everything right it's it's free we're not going to clog up your timeline too much it's more lax content we're getting may's right around the cross season it's lacrosse season baby you're not going to want to miss a thing just like arrow smith said uh and in the meantime we'll be keeping it low to high until the day we die we out